ladies and gents, and welcome to another episode of the To A Lifestyle. I want to greatly appreciate y'all for listening. I hope y'all had a great Labor Day. I will be, re- I'm actually recording this on Labor Day, and we'll be releasing it later tonight. So your Labor Day will have already passed. So I hope you had a great Labor Day, and I hope you had a great weekend. And hopefully, this is, this is kind of like the end of officially the summer, and some of y'all motherfuckers out there, like in the Rockies, are getting snow tomorrow. Uh, y'all have fun with that shit. There's a reason why I live in the deep ass south, and it's I hate the cold, and I hate I don't necessarily hate snow, but I hate the cold snow comes with. So because of that, I am praying for y'all. And if you hate the cold like me, and you live out there, Godspeed. All I can say. So let's go ahead and start getting the house rules in order. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you can, leave us a review. It is the best way for people that are looking for gun-related content to find us uh, on any kind of podcast uh, platform that they should be listening to. So go ahead and do that. Also, if you haven't already, check out our social media. We are on Facebook under the number 2A Lifestyle and on Instagram, 2 spelled out, T-W-O-A Lifestyle. Uh, go ahead and check us out. We have some cool shit down there. We have some giveaways sometimes. Also, we have a, a website now that is uh, 2alifestyle.com. Uh, so go ahead and check us out there. A lot of the stuff that we put out on the website also uh, we put on our social media. So that way you can check out our articles and stuff like that. Um, I tell you, there's a article that I have been trying to do, um, but we're going to be going ahead and just talking about in the podcast day, but just so much shit has changed uh, since the events happened. Of course, we're talking about Kenosha, um, and of course, more specifically, Kenosha Kyle. Uh, so we're just going to be talking about it here in the podcast, but there are other great articles that we put out, and check us out on twaylifestyle.com, and check us out on our social media if you're interested in that. Also, we have a Patreon. Anything that you guys give us on Patreon, I greatly appreciate. Everything we get on Patreon goes straight back into this program, into the show, uh, to make it better, uh, to give you guys better coverage on what's going on in the gun industry and the gun world. So I greatly appreciate anything that you guys give us on Patreon. And you can give us as little as $1 a month. And like I said, it goes straight to this uh, you know, publishing the podcast on different platforms, uh, mics, uh, computers, travel. We got a uh, shot show coming up. I was already been talking to people now, gun, other gun, tech, uh, gun content creators about shot shows. So that's going to be coming up. So greatly appreciate anything you guys give us. So with that, also I think I think that's it. Um, so with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the show. Let's go. Alright, let's start getting into the main segment. The first story we're going to be talking about is some ridiculous fucking news. This comes to us from MyFox8, 
which comes to us from Colorado, uh, specifically Golden, Colorado. And the title of it is 11-Year-Old Suspended for Handling Airsoft Gun During Online School Session. Now, this is something that we are starting to see some uh, some inklings of, and you it's just fucking infuriating. Uh, basically, what happened was a sixth-grade student in Colorado, he is suspended from school for four days for handling his airsoft gun during a Zoom school session. Uh, he's just fiddling around with it, the parents said because he was bored, uh, and he just grabbed the nearest object to his hand. It's it's crazy. Uh, the kid is, I mean, ecstatic himself. Uh, he says he was crying. I just couldn't handle it. I really thought I was going to jail uh, or something was going to happen to me or my family because the fucking police were called to his house. And this child goes to Bell Middle School in Golden, Colorado. So. Uh, if you are so inclined, you can call the Bell Middle School administration and tell them that this fucking teacher needs to just kind of fucking just, I don't know. I mean, I've always, you know, and there's been a lot of talk about it on social media, but, you know, people have been worried that uh, you are allowing the school and the administration to basically have a look inside of your house every time that these kids get on uh, these Zoom meetings. And we see what can happen because you have all these fucking do-gooders, these people that think that they know better what to do with your life than you know to do with your own life and to do with your kids' lives. Uh, I mean, there's a picture. I don't know if it's the exact... uh, No, it does. I'm sorry. There's an exact picture of what exactly this kid was uh, holding and it is clearly a toy it is clearly a non like a non-lethal weapon it is uh, like a 1911 it's got a clear plastic upper Uh, you can see clearly see the orange tip on the barrel Uh, I mean it's clearly not a real firearm and this kid was just playing with it while he was doing his uh, school on it, and it is, you know, ridiculous. Uh, the Jefferson County Communication Center Authority says a school resource officer uh, reported the incident uh, to Wheat Ridge Police as a request for a welfare check. Uh, it's just fucking insane. It's just absolute insanity. Uh, going on to the next story, this actually comes to us from Financial Times. And the story of it is Smith & Wesson boss says U.S. gun sales boom is unparalleled. Uh, this is uh, from actual Smith & Wesson themselves. It says the company's firearm unit registered a $230 million in gross sales for the quarter that ended in July. So that's going to be the second quarter of 2020. It is a 141% increase compared to what the company sold a year ago. Uh, it says uh, goes on to continue to say the current increase in consumer demand for farms is in many ways unparalleled. Overall net sales uh, is $278 million, up from $123.7 million a year earlier, uh, and well ahead of an analysis forecast of $195 million. And of course, uh, we've talked about this numerous times on the podcast, that uh, you know the there's numerous reasons why. Every election year, there's always a big boom in firearm sales, but then, of course, we've had the pandemic. Uh, we've had civil unrest. A lot of people are realizing that they have to take their safety into their own hands. Uh, so it is obviously uh, some statistics from an actual large 
firearms manufacturer in the United States. And, you know, it's kind of crazy because um, Smith & Wesson was just uh, released from, I think it was American Outdoor Brand, uh, which was the larger parent company of Smith & Wesson for a while ago. Uh, and they started earlier this year to kind of uh, not necessarily sell Smith & Wesson, but basically let Smith & Wesson go and go back into its own company. So I bet they wish they didn't do that because they could be fucking raking in some moolah. And this is another great story involving Smith & Wesson. This comes to us from Ameland. Uh, and the title of it is Smith & Wesson contributes 500000 to the NSSF's 2020 hashtag gun vote program. Uh, I love it when companies, especially, you know, many of the gun manufacturers, whether it be Smith & Wesson, Glock, Ruger, uh, Springfield, whatever it may be, some of these bigger companies, whenever they're making a lot of money, uh, especially in these times, they're bringing it back into uh, what's important for the gun community and uh, this election, you know, whether Republican or Democrat, uh, we have seen what happens when somebody that is pro-gun control, or I'm sorry, not pro-gun control, but pro-Second Amendment uh, is elected. Uh, we start to see some of the uh, I guess you could say fruits of it. Uh, you know, right now we have stuff going on in the Ninth Circuit, which is, you know, famously a liberal court. Uh, and we have judges that have been appointed by Republican presidents. Uh, you know, they are all stating that uh, magazine, ba uh, magazine limits, you know, uh, limiting magazines to just 10 rounds is unconstitutional. So Smith & Wesson sees this is necessary to keep having these type of politicians elected to allow people to have their civil rights of firearms ownership, and whether it be firearms or firearms accessories, and they are giving back into what is good for the gun community. So I'm glad to be seeing that from Smith & Wesson. Going on to our next story. Uh, and this is something that we've talked a little bit about on our social media, if you follow us on social media. This first part of the story comes to us from Yahoo.com, uh, and the title of it is XNRA Insider Speaks Out Gun Owners Should Be Horrified by What I Saw. Now, if you are unfamiliar, um, last year, around March and April, uh, after last year's NRAM, we talked about a lot of the corruption that's been going on inside the NRA. And I highly recommend if you are a uh, gun person and you have friends that still kind of blindly support the NRA, you know, I think we need to support a, a Second Amendment advocacy group. And we on this podcast have talked several times about uh, especially state program, state uh, advocacy programs and groups. Mine is Bama Carry. Uh, you know, definitely support those, but also support national groups. I am a member of the Farms Policy Coalition, the Gun Owners of America. I'm still currently a member of the NRA, but that's just because a few years ago I purchased a five-year uh, membership and it is still going. If the NRA continues to go on to do what it is doing, I will not be renewing my membership and sending them any more money. Hell, I used to uh, work part-time for the NRA doing grassroots stuff uh, and I've stopped that and uh, part of that is 
because of what's I found out it's been going on the NRA. And also, it's kind of around that same time, um, they were just not fucking paying me. I mean, you know, before it would take, you know, maybe a month uh, to get paid, and which I understand because I got to send paperwork to them. They got to process it and send it back to me. So a month, month and a half tops. Uh, this last, last time I worked for them, it took them fucking close four or five months to pay me. Uh, it, that's just absolutely fucking ridiculous. And it just goes to kind of show, uh, you know, who knows if they maybe didn't have the money for it or if they were just so disorganized at, I call it the big NRA, that they didn't process the paperwork. Who knows? But, uh, you know, numerous reasons why I stopped uh, supporting the NRA. But uh, Josh Powell used to be the number two guy for the NRA, uh, for Wayne LaPierre. He was the, uh, let me look at, see if I can find his, uh, he was the chief of staff to the Wayne LaPierre, to the NRA CEO. And he uh, has had his own problems numerous times. And if I uh, would go, would you suggest, you know, suggest you to go check out um, Gangster Capitalism's uh, podcast series about the internet. They just released a update episode on them. I think it was either June or July. Uh, but check out them, and they'll tell you some about Josh Powell. Josh Powell, he's a piece of shit. Uh, he really is. He has um, stolen from other organizations that he used to be a part of, uh, but also he got into some serious trouble in reference to sexual harassment complaints from NRA employees when he was working at the NRA. But he has been since let go and he has uh, released a tell-all book, uh, so, so to speak, and it is coming out, I want to say it comes out this week if it hasn't already come out. I remember it came out in the 1st of September. Um, but basically he says you should be horrified of what's been going on with the NRA. He says that the lawsuit filed by the New York Attorney General Letitia James uh, seeking to dissolve the NRA uh, is just scratching the surface of illegal conduct that's going on in the NRA. Uh, he goes on to say that you know there is a lot more going on, and of course he's not really saying a whole lot about what it's going on uh, specifically because he wants you to buy his fucking book. But he's just saying that there's a lot of illegal activity going on at the NRA, and this next, you know, there's actually two more stories in regards to this. This next one, it comes to us from the New York Times. Uh, it's uh, the title of it is an act of heresy. NRA's former number two calls for gun control. Uh, he is stating, you know, I th- he, he's kind of saying that the NRA, in regards to pushing uh, their agenda, uh, which is, uh, you know, against gun control, he says it's appealing to the paranoia and darkest side of the members of the NRA, uh, which I would kind of agree if you look at the, um, the, the emails, the mailers, you know, whatever the NRA sends you. It's all, you know, doom and gloom. And I'm telling you, you know, the NRA is not, doesn't have a monopoly on this. All the other gun organizations do this. I hate that they do it, but they do. Uh, but this title, uh, next one comes to us from NPR, and it states, uh, the title of it is Former Top NRA Exec Says Greed, Corruption, Push Gun, uh, gun Group Into Death Spiral. And it really has. I mean, you know, there's not a whole lot more I'm going to be going into uh, because, you know, we've talked ad nauseum about the NRA and what they have done. 
if you want to go back and, like I said, I want to say it was either March or April last year when we talked about the New Yorker article about the NRA and what they're doing. Uh, and then, of course, Gangster Capitalism has a great podcast series that goes in depth along with interviews in uh, some of the NRA employees that used to work there that had very close knowledge of what was going on. Uh, check out that as well. Uh, but, you know, it, it, he's just talking about how the NRA is, is doing anything that they can to uh, try and shore up money that they have to survive, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, in the NRA uh, Gangster Capitalism series. Uh, they're kind of saying how COVID has kind of been a lifesaver for the NRA because it's not allowing them, or, you know, it's it's an excuse that they're using to not pay some bills uh, that are due, uh, you know, in regards to, like, NRAM and, and shit like that that, you know, has been pushed back two or three times so far this year. Who knows if we still have an NRAM this year. It keeps getting pushed back. Uh, but... You know, Josh Powell, he is a piece of shit. I'm just going to come out and straight and say that Josh Powell is a piece of shit. Um, kind of, I don't even want to say maybe take it with a grain of salt because, you know, some of the shit that he's saying, it kind that I've seen so far. And, of course, you know, it's not going into depth about what is in his book because, you know, anybody that writes a book, they want you to buy the fucking thing. So they're not going to go into great detail uh, of what's in the book. But it's just kind of touching what's already been released and stated. Uh, there might be some more detailed things that's going on in his book. Uh, I am planning on purchasing it. Uh, I would rather, you know, I'm, I think there's a Kindle version. I think I'm probably going to buy that instead uh, just because it's cheaper because I honestly don't want to get this piece of shit that much money. So, uh, you know, that's a good thing I would check out, especially when you are dealing with, you know, FUDs. And I was just talking to somebody else about this the other day, you know. They joined a gun club, and uh, they still require you to have an NRA membership. You know, I wish that a lot of these uh, gun ranges would allow you to have just a Second Amendment advocacy group membership. Uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be the NRA. It could be FPC, GOA, FPF, SOA, whatever it is. Uh, you know, but that's not the case. You know, a lot of these memberships or a lot of these ranges still require you to have an NRA membership, including mine. Uh, and that sucks. Uh, but, you know, it, it's just something that you can read and uh, just arm yourself with the knowledge that you need whenever you talk to these people. Because, you know, it really is going to take education, just like with uh, gun control advocates. You know, we need to be educated on the topics in regards to what we're talking about to be able to um, better serve our community and to better uh, push the true information of the Second Amendment. Well, going on into the next story, uh, which this is a good part of you know what this segment is going to be about, and that is Kenosha Kyle, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. You know, Kyle Rittenhouse, if you've been living under a fucking rock the last couple weeks. And, of course, uh, this last episode that I did, I released on a Monday. And, of course, this happened Monday evening. So I didn't really get to talk about it. But I'm glad I didn't, to be honest with you, because so much has gone out. And I was talking with another gun, 
gun content creator about this is that you need to really at least wait 48 hours before you start putting stuff out you know you might not be the first one to put something out in regards to it uh, but you need to try and have all the facts and I was writing an article in reference to Kenosha Kyle and I had to scrub that bitch three times because just more and more and more and more information kept coming out, you know, even as far as a week and a half afterwards. So I decided just to scrub it and I'm just going to talk about it on the podcast. Uh, hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, obviously you listen to the podcast, but I'm just hoping that my uh, followers on social media uh, listen to the podcast as well. But uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, he is a 17 year old kid. Uh, he lives in Antioch, Illinois. He was in Kenosha, Wisconsin during the riots. Now, let's just go ahead and get some shit in here uh, that a lot of the people have been talking about in reference to Kenosha Kyle. Uh, yeah, he did travel state lines, but guess what? It's like if you're in the military, it's like you travel state lines every day to go to work if you work on Fort Benning, Georgia, and you live in Phoenix City, Alabama. I mean, Antioch is literally on the state line between Illinois and Wisconsin. And Kyle Rittenhouse actually is a lifeguard uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So it's not like, um, you know, he just traveled, you know, two or three hours, uh, you know, to go to Kenosha. He actually works there. I'm sure probably him and his family... Uh, go out to eat there and shit like that because it's just, you know, kind of close in. It's like a 20-minute drive from Antioch to Kenosha. Um, and he actually even wasn't there to uh, to take part in the counter-demonstration. He actually was there to help clean some of the graffiti that the Black Lives Matter and Antifa sprayed on a lot of public property. Uh, a business, a car dealership, uh, actually asked him and his group if they would stay and help protect the car dealership and the car dealership uh, which was in what's called the Kenosha Mile uh, which is the section of road where uh, that piece of shit Jacob Blake uh, was shot and let's go ahead and get into Jacob Blake uh, this is the gentleman that was shot uh, Jacob Blake was a piece of shit uh, he is uh, currently uh, He's accused and pending a trial for the rape of a 14-year-old girl. At the time this incident occurred, uh, he had outstanding charges uh, for sexual harassment. I mean, this guy is a piece of shit. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, you know, there's been numerous things that I've seen in reference to that 14-year-old girl. Uh, Her aunt is going on all these you know, Black Lives Matters pages and comments and stuff and saying how that she wished fucking Jacob Blake would have been shot dead. Because, uh, you know, that's something else. A lot of these people, if you ask, uh, think Jacob Blake's dead. He's not. He is possibly paralyzed from the waist down, but he's alive. So if you talk to a lot of these people, they don't even realize that he's actually still alive. Um, but she wishes that he was dead. And, you know, she keeps saying, how do you think her niece feels seeing these NBA stars and these NFL stars putting Jacob Blake's name on their jersey as a supposed victim of police brutality. Uh, and, you know, he is her rapist. I mean, that is insane. I mean, uh, you know, I've talked to this about my girlfriend. Uh, you know, she had a close family member that was raped. And, 
her rapist was released without her knowledge and she saw her rapist in a store and uh you know my girlfriend was with her when she saw her rapist and she freaked the fuck out so i mean you know obviously i've never been a victim of rape or sexual harassment but that's i can you know being working in law enforcement and i used to solely work special victims which is sex crimes uh you know the trauma that these victims go through is fucking unreal um you know it's it's a serious mind fuck for these people uh so fuck jacob blake so anyway uh kyle rittenhouse he was um asked by this car dealership to uh help protect it a friend of his with the group that he was with gave him the ar-15 that he used to end up shoot those three people and uh the police asked them you know, told them at first, and there's videos of the police, you know, handing out water to his group and stuff like that. They said they appreciate what they were doing, but the police told them they couldn't be where they were, so they ended up moving across the street to a gas station, uh, and at the gas station, that's where all this occurred. Um, the first individual uh, that he messed with, uh, which was the uh, bald-headed white guy, who ended up dropping the N-word a bunch of times, which I thought was insane. Uh, he was, uh, that's where it first, the e encounter occurred between Kyle and that dude. And the dude was just sent, you know, belligerent, um, appeared probably he was possibly, uh, you know, under the influence of something, you know, I'm not going to say that that matters, but he was just acting like a dick. He was saying, shoot me, shoot me, shoot me in word, shoot me in word, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, the, and he was saying this to Kyle at one point in time, they were trying to reach for his gun, and that's when uh, Kyle shot him. Shot him one time in the head, and then Kyle, you know, if you look at, and there's numerous uh, videos out there, uh, you know, we're not sharing it on social media just because Zuckerberg has come out and said that that shit is uh, a no-go zone for social media, for Facebook and Instagram, that if you basically don't share anything that approves of you know their viewpoint basically that they're going to zuck you and i already know plenty of pages and personal pages including my personal page got a strike uh you know for having content removed in reference to kenosha um you know so we're kind of keeping hands off on that stuff uh but the uh guy was you know shot in the head and Kyle, he in the videos, he actually even came around to check on him, you know, to make to hate, you know, see, to see if he was okay. If there's anything, you know, look, look like if there's anything you do, you know, he's not wearing uh, a bunch of shit, but you know, looking at Kyle, he's wearing uh, gloves, he's got his rifle, and it looks like he's got uh, a med kit. Honestly, uh, it looks like he's wearing almost like a fanny pack, and to me, it looks like a med kit. There's no way to know exactly what it is, obviously, um, but. Anyway, so uh, they start, you know, coming after Kyle, and then not only that, uh, before he shoots the first guy, uh, who was a registered sex offender, by the way, so he is also a piece of shit. Um, he, uh, you know, when he was chasing Kyle, and he was going for his gun, uh, somebody clearly to the left of him in the frame of the video fired one round. Now it doesn't appear to. I don't know if they were firing at Kyle or if they were firing whatever they were doing, but there was a shot. And it was probably less than, I would say, probably 
15 yards away from Kyle. So Kyle doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He just knows these people are, you know, trying to take away his gun. And so, you know, he shoots this one guy and goes around, checks on him. And then that's when people say, you know, hey, get him, get him. He takes off running again. Uh, people, you know, are, and I'm sorry, backing up again just because there's so much to this fucking story. Um, it appears that the guy, the sex offender uh, that was chasing him, you know, some people are saying it's a Molotov, t- Molotov cocktail. Some people are saying it's just a plastic bag. Um, you know, there was something in that fucking plastic bag because you just can't throw a plastic bag like the way... Uh, it was done, and in the videos that I saw, if you listened to it, whenever whatever he threw fell, you heard what appeared to be glass going against concrete, uh, like pavement. So I'm going to assume it was a Molotov cocktail, just based on what I heard. Uh, so, you know, anyway, going back, shot the first guy, checked on him, people said get him, he starts taking off running, uh, he's taking off running, and... Uh, he appears to have tripped, and that's when uh, somebody came up to him and hit him in the head with a... Well, first off, somebody like fucking uh, Spartan kicks him. Uh, and then the second gunshot dude, uh, he is uh, hits him with a skateboard. And that's when Kyle shoots again. And in that, uh, this guy is another horrible piece of shit. Um, he is convicted numerous times of serious domestic violence. Uh, so he's a serious piece of shit. Um, and at that point in time, Kyle's trying to, you know, get the fuck away. And then the third guy, hamburger arm, uh, he comes up and he has a Glock 26 in his hand. Now this guy ain't no fucking saying either. He's a convicted burglar. So he is a felon. Now, depending on state laws, uh, in Alabama, you have to be convicted of a violent felony to be convict, you know, considered a forbidden person. Um, but in the federal law, it doesn't give a fuck what you've been convicted of. If you've been convicted of a felony, you are not allowed to possess a firearm. You're not even allowed to possess fucking ammunition, uh, period. So... This guy, a felon, is going around with a handgun, uh, and he's approaching Kyle, and that's when Kyle shoots him one time in the arm, uh, turns his arm in a you know, hamburger, and then Kyle goes towards the uh, police line. Anyway, uh, there's some talk about that. You know, people are saying, well, if it was a black dude, you know, he would have been shot, all that kind of stuff. There's fucking guns everywhere. He wasn't actively, you know, seen as a threat up to the police officers. You know, there was a good distance between where the actual shooting had occurred and where the police actually were. Police had their uh, lights on. I'm just going to let you know if you have those lights on, it greatly obstructs your vision. Uh, So, who knows if the police actually saw that Kyle was one of the shooters. But Kyle went up to the police line. They kept telling him to, you know, not keep approaching. Uh, But, you know, he had his hands up in a non-aggressive manner. He didn't have the rifle raised any, any of that kind of stuff. But the police go down to check all the, the shit, you know, show that's been going on. And Kyle takes off and he goes back to his house at Antioch. So, uh, you know, there's been a lot of fucking talk about Kyle. Uh, you know, at first people were saying, well, he crossed state lines with a rifle. That's been debunked. Uh, he did cross state lines. Uh, some people are saying, well, he's a minor possession of firearm. That's been debunked because in Wyoming, you are allowed to... Uh, have open carry a long uh, long rifle uh, 
16 years and up. So that's kind of been debunked. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about since he was an Illinois resident, you got to have the FOID card. But again, it wasn't his rifle, so that's been debunked. Um, you know, it, it's just a whole shit show. Kyle has been charged with murder. Uh, you know, there's a whole thing to this. Um, you know, I do believe that he will be uh, vindicated. I really do. Because the video just shows for itself. You know, it's fucking crazy. Uh, and the fact that, like, Hamburger Arm hasn't been uh, charged is fucking mind-boggling to me. Uh, you know, he, you know, was approaching Kyle uh, in an aggressive manner with the firearm drawn. And uh, he's a felon. He's not allowed to have a firearm. So I understand why he hasn't been charged, uh, but Kyle has. But there has been a fucking, like, uh, superstar team of attorneys, you know, Johnny Cochran-style superstar team of attorneys that have come forward, and they're representing Kyle Rittenhouse uh, pro bono. They are having their own fundraisers to pay for the fees and everything for Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, so, you know, if you feel interested in doing that. But I'm telling you, you know, this, this shit is, is insane, and it's just like... Uh, the the rich folks in St. Louis, you know, the pink polo and crazy Karen uh, that had the little Jericho or uh, whatever it was, um, you know, these people are getting fucking sick and tired of the left and the not necessarily the left but the radical left uh, that are using violence in the civil unrest and they're using their God-given Second Amendment rights to protect themselves and. You know, the media, and I don't give a fuck, you know, the media is really, uh, you know, not a friend to somebody that is a Second Amendment lover. Uh, so just go ahead and get that out of the way. Uh, the media is vilifying this Kyle Rittenhouse kid, and it sucks. And, you know, this is this was going to be my main point in regards to my article uh, that I was planning on writing, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it here on the podcast. Kyle Rittenhouse is lucky. Uh, in regards to that his case is so publicized um, that there was tons of video out there. If there wasn't tons of video and it was just his word against the slew of uh, radical Antifa and BLM uh, rioters out there, uh, it was probably not be as pretty for him as it is right now. You know, it sucks he's charged with murder. Uh, but he has a Johnny Cochran-style superstar team of attorneys that's protecting himself. Uh, and in regards to that, you know, you need to have some sort of self-defense insurance. And um, it doesn't give a fuck if you are a first responder. I'm a police officer, and I still have self-defense insurance. Because all it takes is um, my fucking department to say, well... You know, you kind of fucked up, so you're kind of on your own. Well, fuck that shit, man. Uh, you know, we had a situation here a few years back where a police officer uh, shot a dude after he was being attacked with a uh, uh, a paint roller, uh, uh, like a rock, like a stick. You know, those those uh, kind of like oak sticks that you use in paint rollers. Guy was beating the piss out of him and, and fighting him, and he uh, used his baton. Uh, Baton wasn't stopping the dude. He used the taser. Taser wasn't stopping the dude. Uh, so finally ended up shooting him. And uh, he ended up, was charged with murder. And he was convicted of manslaughter with the firearm. So he's got to do a minimum. I think it's like 10 or 15 years. So, you know, it doesn't give a fuck. And 
you know, some of the self-defense insurance that comes with like being a law enforcement that you can get like through FOP or whatever here locally, uh, you know, there's only, you know, certain um, like, you know, you got to use like an attorney that they have on retainer. And that's no bueno for me, man. I want my I want to pick my attorney. So because of that, you know, I bought my own self-defense insurance. Um, and also, you know, uh, it seems like probably with the civil unrest that's going on, if it keeps spreading the way it is, I'm probably going to have to use my firearm more in self-defense off-duty than on-duty. Uh, so self-defense insurance is a humongous thing that you need to look into. Um, I was going to do a article and a podcast episode on self-defense insurance, and I probably still will. Um, but if you're looking to go ahead and get it, like to now, um, another great podcast that just did something on self-defense insurance is uh, Ryan Kleckner's Trigger Words. Uh, Ryan Kleckner is a great Second Amendment attorney. Uh, he seems to be a great dude, a former Army Ranger. He he does a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't understand how that dude's got time, and well, obviously he doesn't have a whole lot of time to do podcasts because he hasn't done a whole lot of them since he started it, uh, but he just released one on self-defense insurance, and he's kind of mirroring what I'm saying. Um, so definitely, if you're wanting to get uh, you know self-defense insurance to now, check out um, Trigger Words with uh, Ryan Kleckner on your podcast uh, platform. Uh, he just did one on there. But we are going to be doing an article on self-defense insurance and a podcast on self-defense insurance. Uh, so if you want to kind of look down more in the weeds of, of what we have are going to say and what we're going to talk about, because Ryan Kleckner's podcasts aren't too terribly long. Uh, he does his, uh, I think his last one on the self-defense insurance was 30 minutes. And obviously, you know, with our podcast, we normally do an hour, but shit, we can go an hour and a half, two hours, just depending on the topic, what we're talking, you know, what we're doing. So self-defense insurance is, a, is a, a humongous fucking thing, especially if you uh, conceal carry for personal defense. I highly recommend that you look into it. Um, be looking shortly for us. And actually, I'm telling you what, uh, I'm going to do my damnedest to have that article in that podcast for the next episode. Uh, so be going to look out for that. If not the next one, it'll definitely be the one after that. So be looking out for it. Uh, and going on into uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, fucking Joe Biden. This comes to us from Ameland. Uh, and the title of it is Joe Biden Smears Parent Self Defender Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, he goes on to say that, you know, basically calls Kyle Rittenhouse a fucking white supremacist. Uh, you know, he, uh, Jesus, he's such a piece of shit. But basically, uh, let's see. Uh, it doesn't have actual fucking uh, quote from Joe Biden. Uh, but, you know, Joe Biden doesn't say Kyle Rittenhouse's name uh, in particular, but he basically mentions the uh, the scenario of what occurred with Kyle Rittenhouse, and he called it, you know, white supremacist. Uh, so, again, you know, I, I understand I'm not a fucking humongous Trump, Trump fan, and uh, I was a JoJo girl until, you know, uh, I saw some of the shit that she was saying in reference to this Black Lives Matter shit. And, uh, you know, she kind of turned my nose to that. I'm all for third-party candidates, and, you know, Joe Jurgensen would be the best candidate in regards to the Second Amendment, in my opinion. And I don't give a shit if uh, you may think that she may or may not have a chance to 
uh, win or not. But, you know, I vote with my conscience, and I vote personally who I think is the best candidate. And I voted for Gary Johnson last one because uh, I thought he was a great candidate. Um, and I fucking love me some Ron Paul. Uh, I wish, you know, Rand Paul would get in the mix for president, hopefully, maybe uh, 2024, hopefully. But we shall see. And, uh, but, you know, Joe, she just kind of, kind of uh, turned me off in regards to what she was saying in reference to BLM and, and Antifa and all that kind of shit. Now, Spike Cohen, you know, her vice presidential candidate, I fucking love me some Spike Cohen. Uh, I've listened to some stuff that he said, uh, and he's fucking amazing. But guess what? He's not the presidential candidate. He's the vice presidential candidate. Um, and so because he's not the presidential candidate, and Joe Jorgensen is, uh, I hate to say it, I'm probably going to be voting for Trump. Just because, again, it's got to do with the federal judges. And that is what really, as a gun owner, we need to be looking at. Uh, you know, Hopefully you're voting uh, for pro-Second Amendment candidates in regards to the House of Representatives and uh, U.S. Senators because that's where it really uh, is going to help us. Going on to the next story, this comes to us from its localdvm.com and this title is uh, Loudoun County Considers Firearm Ban on County Property. Uh, The board voted 6-2 to write a proposed ordinance banning firearms uh, for the board to consider. And then, of course, this is a Virginia Fucking Virginia, man. Virginia's just going down a hill. Uh, so, if you live in Loudoun County, and this is why it's important to vote in every fucking election uh, and do your research in regards to your politicians that you're voting for. Next article comes to us from Emmeland as well, uh, and it title is New Jersey Governor Uses COVID Crisis to Propose Gun Control Taxes. Uh, you know, Basically, uh, you know, New Jersey is, is trying to outdo California in regards to uh, what they're doing. But Governor Murphy, she wants to levy more fees and taxes to close COVID budget gaps. And she wants to do that on the backs of gun buyers in gun stores. You know, basically making it a Jim Crow tax. And honestly, you know, I hate for this for New Jersey. But if she does this, I would love to see this kind of shit go to the Supreme Court because basically this is a tax on your civil right and hopefully maybe that kind of shit will be shut down. Uh, next was also comes from Ameland. Uh, this is titled Defense Distributed Demands Injunction Against New, Cherney, New Jersey AG and 3D Printing Censorship Case. Now, uh, we've talked before about Defense Distributed. Uh, they had a uh, court legal battle going with the State Department stating that putting 3D printed firearms on the internet uh, is, you know, violating uh, the name of it is, oh, it's fucking escaping me now, but basically stating that you got to, uh, you know, it's illegal to send American firearms overseas, um, but they end up winning that. Uh, and now in the New Jersey Attorney General has filed an injunction stating uh, that uh, they are not allowed to do so, you know, to do to have 3D printed firearms inside New Jersey uh, because it circumvents their gun laws. Uh, so they, at Defense Unlimited or Defense Distributed, uh, they're taking their case to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, where a three-judge panel uh, they actually ruled unanimously 
uh, stating that uh, the defense distributive violates uh, the the rights there. So, anyway, fucking going on with that. You know, basically, New Jersey's trying to stop the code as the Farms Policy Coalition called it. So, uh, next to us comes to us from uh, guns.com, and California bill is, uh, is supposed to... It, it, blah, blah, blah. Y'all, I'm fucking been busy as shit today, so I'm kind of getting a little scatterbrained now the further I go. Um, the bill passed uh, the state senate at 25-12 on Friday uh, after approval from the state assembly 5220. Uh, and basically what it's trying to do is shrink the approved pistol list. Uh, you know, it's wanting to do a micro-state mandate. Uh, it's also, uh, you know, trying to, you know, take more farms. And, you know, that's the whole the whole reason why Gen 3 Glocks are, are still a thing. Is because uh, you know Gen 3 Glocks are approved on the California uh, pistol list, but California is looking to shrink the list of approved pistols on there. And I'm telling you, you know, the process to get approved on that list is crazy extensive, and it's honestly, you know, financially not worth it for most gun companies to do that. Um, this next article comes to us from Emmeland. And it's the Second Amendment Foundation joins lawsuit challenging California delays in processing gun transactions. Uh, so the Second Amendment Foundation joined in a lawsuit challenging California's California bureaucracy and the COVID-19 pandemic to undermine and restrict citizens' access to firearms in violation of the state's 10-day waiting period law. So basically, uh, you know, California's got the 10-day waiting period. Uh, and in that amount of time, they're supposed to, uh, you know, investigate uh, to uh, you know see if you are allowed by you know California government to uh, own a firearm well that's taking longer than 10 days now and then a lot of states with gun control uh, you know I'm hearing from some people that like Colorado uh, that's taking a super long time because not only do you have to go through Nick's checks but you also have to go through uh, the California, Calif- oh, God Almighty, the Colorado uh, Bureau of Investigation, their own check on it, and because of the, the the COVID, you know, some state offices are still closed down, uh, and then of course the increased purchasing of firearms, uh, you're seeing more and more delays of your Second Amendment rights. So a right delayed is a right denied, as they say, and that is what they're doing. So the Second Amendment Foundation is challenging California's current uh, wait times in reference to purchasing a firearm. Going on to the next story comes to us from the Firearms blog, and this is a great thing, and I wanted to put this in here because uh, with um, a lot of gun stores being out of what you're wanting to purchase, uh, the only way to find it is GunBroker. Uh, GunBroker used to be a great thing to where you could go on there and uh, find, you know, you really got to keep up with it. It's just basically an eBay for firearms and firearms accessories and ammunition. Uh, but it used to be a great thing. You can go on there. And you used to be able to get pretty good deals. Uh, not so much anymore, but if you're looking to get that firearm that you need for self-defense or you have a loved one that is now changing their mind and they want to get a firearm for self-defense, um, you know, 
gun broker is a great thing in regards to that. And not only that, uh, you can still get ammo on gun broker. Now you're getting, you're paying a whole lot more for that shit than you usually would, but it's on there instead of being, you know, not being in your local gun store in an empty shelf. So, uh, gun broker is a great thing. I, you know, what you need to do with gun broker to purchase a, a firearm is pretty fucking simple. Uh, you know, if you're familiar with eBay, you create an account on Gun Broker. You look for the firearm that you want, and you place bids. Uh, you, if you win the firearm, at that point in time, you need to find your local FFL. Now, their Gun Broker has a really nice list of already uh, FFLs on file, so you can find one that's closer to you, and you can see how much their FFL transfers fees are. You can pick that person uh, that the seller is going to ship the FFL for. Uh, you know, some sellers they have like a uh, tax if the seller is in your state, or they have a tax for using a credit card. Um, you know, a lot of different things. So, you know, make sure you read that fine print. Uh, and then once you, uh, you know, something else, check out the shipping cost. Uh, but once you win that firearm, you can uh, then have it shipped to your FFL. And this is what I'm going to tell you, is that you need to notify your FFL after you win that item. Uh, you know, some FFLs, depending on, you know, what they are, they, you know, might not accept the firearm if they don't know what's coming in. So after you win it and you pick that FFL, you need to notify that FFL that, um, you know, in regards to... Uh, the firearm coming to them and then uh, once it comes in you'll have to pay the FFL transfer fee so on top of you having to pay for the firearm that you won on gun broker you uh, actually have to pay the FFL for the FFL transfer fee so uh, that's that with uh, ammunition it's a lot less uh, complicated you can have ammunition shipped directly to your house but the only thing is Make sure that they do not use the United States Postal Service. You are not allowed to ship anything that could be explosive, which ammunition is considered explosive. Um, through the Postal Service, you'll have a, if it's found, uh, you will get a nice call from the Postal Inspector wanting to talk to you in reference to it. Trust me, it's happened to me. Uh, and you, so you're going to have to use like UPS or FedEx, and you will have to pay a hazmat fee. Uh, now those hazmat fees, uh, they're normally between like 15 to 30 bucks, uh, just depending. So you're gonna have to add a little bit more to what you're paying again for that. Uh, but you know, you get some ammo on there. It's good stuff. So with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the gun gear news and reviews and start wrapping up the segment. Before we wrap up the segment, let me go ahead and talk about our sponsor, Cold War Concealment. If you are looking for a nice holster for that firearm, or if you're looking to upgrade your holster, check out our sponsor at Cold War Concealment. Cliff over there, uh, he just redid his website. It looks pretty fucking cool. He's not just selling his holsters, but he's also selling minimalist, minimalist holsters. He's also selling leather holsters. Uh, he is selling first aid uh, kits and gear. Uh, he's also selling uh, barrels and conversion kits. Uh, so Cliff stepped up his game here recently on uh, you know holsters. And I was talking to another gun, gun content creator that knows Cliff and, and has actually ordered uh, a holster for him for his J-Frame. Um, you know, he is now selling leather holsters and he is selling Versicary holsters, but he's not selling any of that 
uh, shit where it's a holster and a mag pouch attached together. Um, and in the videos that Cliff has released, he stated, you know, some people have reached out to him and he's wanting to, you know, if he's wanting to know if they make leather holsters. And Cliff is not in the leather holster making business. So he decided to partner with Versicuri, uh, selling some of their better holsters or their more practical holsters, I should say, um, on his website. And uh, he's doing that. And, you know, if you don't like Versicary, fucking don't order Versicary. Order some of his badass Kydex holsters. Uh, I should be having some more holsters coming in tomorrow for uh, from him, uh, including his new uh, custom print holsters that he has. So I can't wait to see what he has on there. Literally, when he told me that uh, if he asked, uh, you know, did I care what he put on there, I said literally you could put a sheet of dicks on there. Uh, I don't care as long as it functions well. I said it would just be a great conversation starter at the range. So I'm interested to see what he's sent me. So go ahead and check out our sponsor at coworkconcealment.com or coworkconcealment on Facebook and Instagram. So let's go ahead and start getting into the gun gear news. Spend a minute on you. I know I'm going to lose. I do it anyway. There's a killer in you. And it's killing me too. I know I'm going to lose. First thing we're going to be talking about in our gun gear news and reviews is Pelican introduces the Easy Click Molly panel. Now this is pretty fucking cool, uh, in my opinion. They have a Molly panel that attaches to the uh, top of the uh, box for the Pelican, and you know you can straight up is what it is. You can attach Molly to it, and they have it in different sizes, and it doesn't really break the bank. Uh, they have it for the 1510. Uh, 1535, 1560, 1610, and 20, and the 1650. And those range from 40 bucks all the way to 60 bucks. So it really doesn't break the bank. And basically, all it is, it allows you to attach, like, uh, you know, things that have Molly to it. So uh, it could be a true, you know, just a range box that you could take. Uh, so that's pretty fucking cool, I think. Uh, Glock P80 now available in partnership with Lipsys. And what's cool about this is that it is basically a Gen 1 Glock P80. Now, that's really cool because Gen 1 Glocks weren't really uh, sold in the United States. It wasn't really until the Gen 2s came out uh, in the late 80s that uh, Glock 17s were really sold in the United States. So that basically, this is just a Gen 1 copy. So I love the retro shit. Uh, you know, I'm they've obviously been coming out with the retro shit in regards to AR-15s uh, and stuff like that, but now it's coming out with Glocks, so that's fucking cool. Uh, the big oof uh, comes to us from Recoil.com, uh, and this is the new RMRCC Micro Optic from Trigicon. Uh, Trigicon has come out with a new optic. Uh, it is for, you know, compact carry, uh, you know, like SIG... Uh, the SIG 365s, the new Glock 43 XMOSs and 40 MOS, uh, that kind of shit. But here's the thing. It is a brand new, unique mounting system. So nothing that you currently have will work for this shit. Um, now, I saw that 
uh, and I can't remember off the top of my head, and I was just thinking, I wish I'd have had this pulled up, but I can't think of it at the moment. Um, there is a, uh, a machining company that has already started cranking out plates for this. Um, I guess, you know, as soon as they released it and found out it was a new thing, they went ahead and did the optics and their, you know, the, the schematics, and they're doing pre-orders for the mounting plates for it. But, you know, this is something that uh, pisses me off in the optic field. I'm trying to get into uh, red dots. I just got, well, I've got it maybe two or three weeks ago. I got a Trijicon RMR Type 2. I got it mounted on my uh, Smith & Wesson uh, M&P Pro Core. And I'm getting a Sig Sour Romeo Zero tomorrow. And I'm mounting it on my Glock 43X MOS, which we'll be talking about here in just a second. Um, and, you know, optics companies to get their shit together, and they need to have one universal fucking mounting system. Uh, you know, I don't understand how, why that's such a bad thing. I would think that you would sell more uh, of a certain thing. Definitely, guns would start being more available for, um, for a fucking optics you know because that's the big thing right now if a gun comes optics ready oh what are we going to have it uh you know uh fitted for are we going to have it fitted for uh you know hollow sun are we going to have it fitted for like uh rmr we're going to have it fitted for like vortex it's just all kinds of different shit and it's stupid as fuck and i don't understand why optics companies are being such bitches about it but trichcon big oof on this you created a fucking uh optic uh, for, you know, that nothing has the fucking pattern for. Uh, Nightstick introduces a new TSM 11G weapon light laser for select Glocks. Uh, now, basically, this is for Glock 43Xs and 48s. Uh, it is not for the new rail-mounted Glocks. So, uh, if you look on their website, it is clearly... Uh, it's got a smooth bottom, so you know you can't mount it on a rail. So it's for those. Uh, Filster and XL Advanced Ascent Pouch Line. They came out with these, honestly, these kind of weird-looking little pouches um, that aren't Kydex. They're almost like uh, cloth sleeves, but I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, you know, Filster has a a good uh, you know reputation in the rest of the fucking farms world but I will say uh, I'm not a humongous fan of Filster and I'm going to catch a lot of shit for this uh, because I bought a Filster Arc um, holster when the Streamlight TLR7s first came out and it was supposed to be a universal holster as long as you had that uh, light so I bought that light specifically for that holster and that holster fell apart within three or four months. Um, the screws holding the loops, uh, you know, fell out. I lost one completely. Uh, I was able to find the other before it completely fell out. Uh, and I've called, I've called Filster. I've sent Filster emails, and I have not received one motherfucking word back from Filster. Uh, so I'm not a humongous fan of Filster, and. Uh, their customer service, obviously. So I've heard, you know, from other people that Filster makes great products. That's the reason why I bought it. Innovation in regards to, you know, this holster will fit different firearms as long as you have the specific light. But 
uh, it fucking fell apart on me. And Philster never reached back out to me after I tried to reach out to them motherfuckers. So, uh, next product comes to us from Real Avid. Now, if you'd known anything about me and what I've talked about before, I am a Real Avid fanboy. I love their products. Uh, I think all their products have real forethought designed into them. Uh, they are a little bit pricey, but I think it is great shit. It is ergonomic, and it's tough. Uh, anyway, they released a new Smart Torque Precision Driver. Uh, now, this is great for like mounting optics. Uh, you know, It's got a lot of different you know, purposes and stuff like that to it. Huge Real Avid fan. Real Avid, if you guys are listening, please... You know, if you want to sponsor the show, I would love to have you guys sponsor the show. If you want to send me some stuff to review, I would love that. I already have some of your products. Um, and if you want to reach out, I will be happy to do so. I'll even tickle the balls while I do it. So, uh, that's from Real Avid. And this next one comes to us from Mantis X. Mantis X has had an update. And they have a new course on there called the Elite Marksmanship Course. Now, we've had Mantis X on here before. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Mantis X, especially with the uh, ammunition shortages going on. Dry fire, dry fire, dry fire is amazing. But what's great about Mantis X is that if you dry fire, you can see exactly where your rounds are hitting. So uh, if you already have a Mantis X, check out this elite marksmanship course. I have not done it yet. And the greatest thing about Mantis X is all their updates on their apps are free. uh, And all the courses that they have are free on their app. So that's amazing for them. You know, they do a great job over there. I love what they do. Uh, so, and if you don't have a Mantis X already, go check them out. They make great products. And uh, like I said, you know, in this ammunition shortage, you need to try and stay proficient with your firearm. Nothing beats actual, you know, rounds down range firearms training, but uh, dry firing is best and you get the most out of your dry fire practice with your Mantis X. Uh, and something that I've actually purchased myself uh, is a Glock 43X MOS. I've been looking at a Glock 43X and was planning on getting one, but then I saw a Glock was planning on releasing a MOS, uh, so I decided to hold off. Uh, I ended up getting it. I ended up getting it at a really good price, uh, blue label price of 390 uh, and I went ahead and done a dot torture test on it. Um, to me, I you know I have humongous gorilla hands. I'm six foot five. I have a size 15 shoe, so my hands fit my big ass body. Uh, so a Glock 43X is perfect. Uh, it you know I don't have like a pinky dangling off. Uh, I also like to try and um, carry appendix. Uh, it is not the most comfortable for me, but it's mainly because. All of my carry guns are full size because I'm a big dude. I can fucking carry a Glock 17 or the Smith Wesson Pro Core or a Sig 320X, uh, you know, inside the waistband, no problem. Conceal it just fine because I'm a big motherfucking guy. Um, but I was wanting to try and carry something appendix, and mainly my issue with that was the muzzle uh, just kind of digging in my gooch a little bit there, you know, in between. Uh, my cock and balls and uh, my thigh there. So I was like, you know, maybe if I get like a shorter uh, barrel, I wouldn't really have that problem. So I decided to go with the 43X uh, and I put uh, 50 rounds through it already and I did a dot torture test with that 50 rounds. I did surprise, I did, I did really well with a compact firearm uh, and did it five yards out. My time, I want to say, I think I did it at the time, I think it was. 
like minute 15, minute 30, somewhere around there. You know, not too bad uh, for a, a brand spanking ass new firearm that, I, you know, hadn't put any rounds down. But now I will say this. Um, I had three failure to fires. Uh, they were, you know, I would say they were light primer strikes. But two of the three I actually uh, took a look at and saw that the primer strike was like way to the side of the primer. Uh, it wasn't anywhere near the center. So it just probably wasn't getting enough push into the primer to create the uh, the primary explosion from the primary into the, the shell. Um, but it was all, you know, I put, you know, like just racked it just a little bit to reset the firing pin and uh, hit the slide home and shot again. And I had no problems with the ammunition then. Uh, I was using PMC uh, bronze 115 grain. Um, you know, was that a firearm issue or was that an ammunition issue? Because this ammunition, I did purchase it after kind of like the craziness has started. Uh, and as we known with the last ammo shortage that we had, like in 012, 013, uh, you know, when these firearm or when the, especially these ammunition manufacturers are just cranking out millions and millions of rounds as fast as they fucking possibly can there is some QC issues uh, so I'm planning on taking it back to the range with two different boxes of ammo uh, you know one box being a different than the PMC bronze and then a third being different from the previous two and see if I have the same issues uh, so I will let you guys know about that again I am getting a Sig Romeo Zero uh, for it because uh, it uses the shield RMSC mounting pattern and that's something else is it doesn't have the usual Glock MOS plates that the previous MOS models had so uh, you know I was kind of limited on my options there uh, and I have to tell you where I fucking bought this from there was this one uh, SIG fanboy that was just kind of an ass uh, he was like SIGs won't fit you can only use a hollow sun or a, a shield and I'm like, well, bitch, uh, it uses, you know, the Sig Romeo Zero has the same mounting patterns, uh, so he can go get fucked. Uh, I would much rather have had a Holosun 407K. I've reached out to Holosun to see when they're going to get them back in stock because they're completely sold out everywhere. But unfortunately, I have not received a response. So I'm kind of stuck with the, the Sig Romeo Zero, which uh, I think is still a decent optic, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but something else that's pissed me off, and this is a big oof from fucking Glock, uh, is that, you know, I've mentioned earlier in reference to the Filster holsters that I have a uh, Streamlight TLR7, which is the, like, the most compact rail-mounted weapon light that Streamlight offers. Um, and it will not fit on the rail of the Glock 43X MOS. Uh, I've reached out to several different... Uh, weapons light companies. I've even reached out to Glock to see what fucking weapon light will fit on this rail. Uh, the only person that I've had a response from was uh, that uh, fucking uh, Night Force that I was mentioned earlier and they said that that model that I mentioned will fit on there. And I was like uh, I mean it's possible. I mean I'm sure it probably would because it mounts to the front of the trigger guard but I'll told him I said I was looking for a rail mounted light so that's the only thing that they have that would fit on it but you know again it's not a rail mounted light which is what I was looking for um, so there is no rail mounted light that will fit 
on the Glock 43X MOS that is currently in production. Now, uh, Surefire has released pictures of a light that they have on the Glock 43X MOS, but it is not currently in production. Uh, so I guess I'm going to have to wait until Surefire comes out with that uh, to purchase that. And knowing Surefire, they're probably going to ask a pretty fucking penny for it. Um, so that fucking sucks. But, you know, that's it on that. That's going to be it on the Gun Gear News and Reviews. Let's start wrapping this bitch up and start going ahead and getting into the gun culture segment. In the gun culture segment, we are going to be talking about Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible Fallout. Now, if you haven't already checked, this is on Hulu, uh, and it is a pretty good action film. You know, it's kind of like um, Fast and Furious's. I'm not a huge fan of the Fast and Furious franchise after the first uh, like two or three movies that came out. Kind of the same thing with Mission Impossible. I kind of lost interest after the first two. But if you're looking for a good action movie with a lot of gunplay in it, this is a good one. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, of course, is part of the Mission Impossible series. And it's kind of crazy to think that Mission Impossible series started from an old-ass TV show. And they've had a fuck ton of uh, movies coming from that. But uh, some of the guns in there uh, are just some kind of classics. Uh, you have the 22X, the SIG 22X. You have a HK USB Compact, Bread 92, uh, Colt uh, M1911. Of course, you have a Glock 17. Now, this is kind of interesting uh, that they had in there that I thought uh, is just kind of like a little treat. Just, just, just a little treat. Uh, a Jericho 94 1R. And then they also had a, a Bacal IJ70. Uh, and then it also had a Glock C, or I'm sorry, fuck, <laughs> Glock Sig, a Sig Pro SP 2022, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, and then of course they had some good rifles in there, of course as well. They had the HK uh, 416, uh, HK 416C, uh, HKG 36C, and then of course the bad guys had AKS 74Us. They had a four uh, M4A1. Uh, they had a Sig 552. Uh, and then they also had some cool machine guns in there. They had a Beretta uh, PM12, uh, of course the HK MP5A3, and then they also had a FN Mini Me Para, um, fully automatic uh, machine gun, and then they had an AT4, uh, you know, uh, anti-tank gun. So uh, that's Mission Impossible Fallout. It's Tom Cruise. It's you know a fairly newer movie. Came out in 2018, so it's only a couple years old. A couple fucking couple years old. Y'all, I'm, I'm getting exhausted. It's only a couple years old. Let's go ahead and start wrapping this shit up. Check it out on Hulu. Uh, and let's start wrapping this fucking show up. Everyone watch. Just keep looking. Fuck it, I do it myself. No one taught me. I was like, damn, fuck it, I do it myself. No one put me on, damn, fuck it, I do it myself. 
Everyone's scared to go talk to her, fuck it, I do it myself Everyone's scared to be number one, fuck it, I do it myself Whoa. Better cash out every month off a hoax I've been on this way before I had hoax Way before gin, way before smoke Fuck it, I do it myself Ooh. Everyone looking at me Confused. Well, y'all, I want to greatly appreciate you again for listening to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle If you haven't already, let's go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this too So uh, you can keep up to date on new episodes as they're being released also, uh, go ahead and hit the uh, rate button so that way you can help other people that are looking for gun content on podcast platforms find us. And also, if you haven't already, check out our social media, number 2A Lifestyle on Facebook. And it's not the number 2A, it's just 2A Lifestyle, but it's the number 2A Lifestyle. On Instagram, we are 2 spell out, T-W-O-A Lifestyle. And also uh, on uh, Patreon, anything you guys give us on Patreon. We greatly appreciate it. It goes straight back into this uh, podcast and uh, all the giveaways we have on social media. Uh, so check us out on Patreon. Greatly appreciate it. And also check out our website, 2alifestyle.com. Uh, we have a little store on there so you can purchase some swag. Uh, also, you can check out articles as we release them. Uh, it has a link that you can find all of our podcast episodes on there. Uh, so go ahead and check out 2alifestyle.com. And again, be looking out for the next episode. We're going to be doing a uh, article and a podcast about self-defense insurance. We're going to kind of break down all the major ones, the differences, what we think is better. And we will check it out. Uh, until then, keep on enjoying that 2A Lifestyle.